Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Mosier continue their discussion on the small cult articles, looking at an article talking about baptism. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right, we have another episode on baptism. Woot! Yes, uh, we're continuing to walk through the small called articles and uh, looking at 3.5 and, uh, yeah, discussing all the, the good stuff. It was a good discussion last time, guys, and um, about baptism, but we have more to say. <laughs> oh, at this point in time, I'm pretty sure I could just have a baptism podcast and oh, <laughs> be yeah. entirely content. Baptism with Jason Goodham. All right. Yeah. Episode 700. It's like, you know, to you know, to a hammer, everything's a nail. Yeah. And to Jason, everything's a bucket. Yeah. yeah. You know, give me some water. Yeah. And well, some... I teach at my church is that if you see water in the Old Testament, it's baptism. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime somebody's eating, it's communion, too. So, uh, yeah. That, that was a joke. Did we derail you, yeah. Brett? No, <laughs> Brett's I, like, is that true? He, he had this look like he was convinced. No, I, I guess, I mean, that that sort of view, I would like to kind of talk about that sometime. But Yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of said tongue-in-cheek, but I'm yes. also pretty serious when I say okay, it. That, yeah. Well, you had mentioned last week, Jason, you said something to the effect of, you know, the, the real command to baptize starts in, in Matthew 28 and the yeah. Great Commission, which is true. You know, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Um, all of that's, it's fine, but I think that the real, the, the vision for baptism is not a New Testament only thing. You know, Ezekiel, I think it's, is it Ezekiel 35 or 36? The water out of the temple. Where it talks about sprinkling you oh, yeah. and, and you'll be clean. The new and, heart, and new. Yep. Hebrews quotes that, and, and it's definitely, I mean, even, like I said, even our credo Baptist friends uh, would say and acknowledge that that passage in Hebrews is a reference to baptism. Uh, not necessarily the Lutheran view in their their estimation, but it's it's uh, definitely a view, and that comes from Ezekiel. I mean, this whole idea that God was going to use means to bring His gifts to people is not a new thing. It's not a New Testament thing. I mean, it was it was foreshadowed in you know. Even, even in the act of circumcision, I think. Uh, and I know that there is debate on that. I actually listened to a guy read a paper on this. And, uh, you know, how, how is circumcision in the Old Testament related to baptism in the New Testament? Is it realization? And, and you look at he, uh, Colossians 2, and it seems like it, it definitely is. He came to the conclusion it wasn't really that related. It just kind of seemed, you know, similar and tangential. And I said, well, I looked through his whole paper. I actually had it digitally so I could search it. And I, I, I said, where's Colossians 2? What does he say about that? Not in the paper. So I ask him after he reads the paper, I say, what about Colossians 2? Ah, oh, yeah, that's a good one. It, it, <laughs> it, that's one of those ones left in the cutting room floor. I said, how? <laughs> how are you leaving that in the cutting room floor? It clearly links it. Well, Paul is just using it illustratively there. Illustrate. What is that? But see, that's the yeah. whole thing with defining terms, right? Yeah. Is what right. does that even mean? It's, it's kind of one of those things. Like, well, you could use Colossians two if you wanted to destroy the entire premise of what I just talked about. But, <laughs> but instead, but instead, let's well, stick with what I say. Yeah. yeah, it's the baptism. The fact that it's all over the place in the Old Testament is just everything points to Jesus. 
And so we should expect that the ways which God delivers salvation is consistent. And we talked about, you know, we have studies way back in the day, a couple hundred episodes ago on Noah's Ark and baptism and on Naaman and baptism. And Corinthians literally says that the Israelites were baptized in the Red Sea, you know, Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 10, which involves the children also I was gonna say, who walked through. through. Yep. Mm. You know, I, I love that picture. Through the sea yep. on dry ground, right? And yep. it wasn't full immersion either. Interesting. Anyway, that's another <laughs> yeah. thing. Now right. we're just getting chippy and obnoxious. <laughs> so <laughs> That's not in here. Yeah. <laughs> I, but uh, but I, I think as we look at this article again, uh, there's some interesting name names dropped here. Yeah. And uh, the and, worst band names ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the way they, they're worded. So right. Thomas and the Dominicans. Thomas yeah. and the Dominicans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what kind of what genre of music would they be? That's got to be reggae. Domi- yeah. Uh, no. Reggae. <laughs> well, Dominican is a Spanish, so it's probably like salsa. Uh, ooh, sure. Yeah. Whatever. There we go. I like to think of it as reggae. Okay. I still think it'd be great to have a, a Lutheran band called The Power of the Keys. The Power of the Keys. <laughs> only if a, only a keyboard if, only if we could go back yeah. to yeah. only if we could go back to the eighties. <laughs> yeah. But actually, uh, the the first thing I got stuck in my head was John Cetera. We did it all for the power of love. So. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, that's also stuck in your head. Yes. So yeah, he mentions uh, Thomas Aquinas. And the Dominican order of monks. Uh, And so Thomas and the Dominicans, uh, Luther accuses them of completely ignoring the word of God. And uh, (laughs) the way they, (laughs) you know, Luther, Uh, he's always just trying to soften the blow, dull the edges a little bit. And maybe we should back up a little bit. Uh, I don't think we mentioned last episode, uh, just referring to Augustine. Uh, And we barely did, but... Uh, you know his his teaching there of of a sacrament. Yeah. So Augustine's definition of a sacrament is the word of God connected or attached to a physical element. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the the church's working definition. Right. And more or less is, as far as I understand, the Roman Catholic right. understanding. Uh, but I, I don't know how that like applies to confirmation or marriage or things like that. But they, they affirm Augustine in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Luther comes after the people who are doing something other than that. Mm-hmm. And so St. Right. Thomas and the Dominican friars or the monks, um, <laughs> Luther says that the way they teach baptism is that God has imparted to the water a spiritual power through which the water washes away sin. And so the, the, the two complaints here, uh, we both, we've covered both of them. Right? One is it's completely contrary to scripture because in fact, we have a verse, I don't know, say in the neighborhood of First Peter 3 that says, <laughs> baptism now saves you, not as a result of water washing away dirt from the skin, yeah. but as an appeal to God for a clean conscience. And so the, the focus on baptism isn't the water. It's the word of God understood in the water. And so, so Luther, you know, they're just off base. They've left the word of God, baptism uh, to Thomas and to the Dominicans uh, means something other than what scripture means. Yeah. Well, using water outside as a second thing. And that would be like we were talking about last week, you know, my credo Baptist friends who would say, well, you're talking about a second way of salvation in the, in the way that Aquinas would define it here. Yes. Absolutely, that's the case. It's that the water is a separate situation. God works through that. And he also works through this thing called the Bible over here, too. And, you know, either one's great, 
whichever one you feel like. And that's, I mean, <laughs> maybe I mean, that's a little sarcastic. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, no, that's actually some, in uh, his, you know, his big long tome. Yeah, says it just no, like that. Nobody got there. I just, yeah. hey, I happen to discover that. No one that actually reads it. In his, uh, yeah. So, the, yeah. So all of that to say, it would be. He would they nope. they would be correct in making that argument if we went with Thomas's view, and then so then the second argument with that is that the way the Thomas and the way the Dominican theologians understand baptism is it in fact something we do, which is when mm-hmm. you make when you infuse the water of baptism with a spiritual power, it, it's like. I mean, I'm I'm really trying not to be obnoxiously sarcastic like this, mm-hmm. but it's like this giant spiritual spray bottle of Windex. Yeah, is how they they view it because the water has or holy water. Spe- yeah, well, like yeah, it, right? it, it's the exact same concept yep. of holy Catholic water, right? Version. And yep. so it becomes a substantive thing mm-hmm. rather than simply the substance of the word. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and what is so interesting about this is the reason in Scripture we have the sacraments, the reason we have the means of grace is this concept of extra outside of ourselves, outside of our ability, outside of our requirements. And so that the, the sacraments are meaningful and the sacraments communicate and deliver the assurance of salvation because I'm not responsible for them. That they happen at God's command and because of God's promise. Suddenly now, if you make the, the water of baptism a tool in my hand, you've jeopardized the meaning of baptism. Was, you know, what if I didn't go through the process of making the holy water? Correctly, you know, <laughs> what's the expiration date on the water? Oh, yeah, you, know, you ever want like Costco water has an expiration date? You know, all of these things, it does? yeah, it, all everything does. has to, yeah, yeah, it's generally one year from when it was bottled. Wow, wow, uh, but anyway, interesting. Yeah. When I insert myself into the equation of what only God can do, all I can do is rob whatever is happening of assurance rob whatever's happening of certainty. You said this last week, Adam, and that's the focus. And so if we're going to make baptism, the water of baptism into a special, you know, like love potion number nine. Uh, Talk about bands. Yeah, yeah that, that's even, that's a deep cut for me on my yeah. pop culture references. Yes. Uh, then, I mean, there's, there's no assurance in it. Right. It yeah. may or it may not work. It may or it may not stick. I, I like how you say that because I think general Christians struggle with that, where they, they question, was I really sincere enough or did it, did it stick this time or, yeah. Is that kind of, uh, we, uh, and I was, I was reading the, the article itself, but w- were you talking about SCOTUS yeah. and the Franciscans there? No, no, that's the next one. Okay. So you're not there it, yet. But it's the exact same, same thing. thing. I was going to, I was going to make that argument because I was reading about that. I was looking at what, what he says and it's basically like, uh, you know, God will show up if he wants to, but it's a good thing to try. Is that yeah? Is that a reasonable way of you know very you know? Well, it, I mean, it's like you know, imagine a movie and like, well, should we do this thing? Can't hurt, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? And that, that's yeah. the attitude. Yeah. But that's it's the errors. These two specific errors that are condemned by Luther in the small called articles, and so uh, Thomas and Scotus and the Dominicans and the barefooted monks. Mm-hmm. It's just repackaging the same material. It's robbing the it's robbing the sacrament of the promise. And the word is there giving us a promise. It turns it into something we do. And yep. that's how you rob the... You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which is a... Yeah, it's absolutely robbing it of the promise. So, yeah. So, the so the, the error of Scotus and the error of the Franciscans, or some translations of the Book of Concord call them the barefooted monks, 
uh, is that baptism washes away sin by the assistance of the divine will. So hmm. Hmm. Uh, God shows up sometimes, uh, and it, God partners with our intent to wash away uh, baptism. And again, it, the focus is on the substance, on the water, rather than on the promise. Now, this is where we pause because there are people who disagree with us on baptism. The water is essential. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the water is essential to baptism, but only because of the command and institute of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, God could have you know, instituted a command where we ate grass instead. As one, as one of our professors said, I remember in seminary, he's like, why did God choose water? Well, it's his, his decision. It's his will. He, and and you know, there's imagery there of washing, certainly. Yeah. So we, we can make guesses. But God could have picked any physical element to attach its word to. But when he says, do this, this way, and this is the promise attached, we do it that way and trust that this is the way the promise, mm-hmm. that the promise is attached. Well, and, and to, get, to, to avoid just for a second the arguum ad absurdum, which is really easy for Lutherans to do because it seems, <laughs> disagreement seems yeah. ridiculous. God could very easily have made sackcloth and ashes the sacrament, mm-hmm. you know, with prayer that that we could do that. But He didn't in His wisdom, and I think there's enough evidence that we could conclude why. But we don't need to go there. There is, in fact, ceremonial value to baptism that it, it does communicate a message, mm-hmm. but. The, the ceremonial value isn't the primary value of baptism. Right. The, the, the word of God, that the sacraments are the applied word of God, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of makes me think of um, maybe debates of what to do with the leftover water from the baptismal font or, or that kind of thing. It, it, the, it's not the water that, that what we're saying and, here. Yeah, it's, we, it's don't, word. Mm-hmm. we don't treat the water baptism like we treat the, the wine in yeah, communion. Right. Because it, yep. it, it's not a words of institution uh, or anything like that. Uh, w- w- one of our baptism episodes way back in the day, we, we covered this passage, and I think it's one of the more effective ways of treating this. So Daniel 6. Uh, is the Daniel in the lion's den chapter. I think I'm right on my reference on that. Uh, and, and at the beginning, you know, it's all of the other politicians conspire against Daniel and say, you can only pray to the king for one month. And Daniel hears the news and goes up to his room and he prays toward Jerusalem, looking out the window facing what would have been West. And so I teach this to my Bible school students, uh, every now and then. And, and I said, I want you to think about that. You know, what if uh, Daniel had been lost in the forest and lost his bearings? Uh, if he had prayed accidentally facing Northeast, would that have nullified the prayer? No. You know, that sounds pretty ridiculous, right? So why did Daniel go up to his room in the palace and pray facing West? And it's because he had the command and promise of God. And then you go all the way back to 1 Kings 8 and 9, where Solomon dedicates the temple. And in one of Solomon's petitions toward God in the dedication ceremony, he says, if your people have lost their way uh, and remember your kindness, O God, and they turn to this place where you cause your glory to dwell, hear their prayer and answer them. And in like 9.3, 1 Kings 9.3, God says, I've heard your prayer. 
this is a good thing. That's the Jason paraphrase edition of it. <laughs> and so why did Daniel face West? Yeah. Because he had the confidence of the promise. Yeah. And because he was doing what God called him to do. His people had forgotten God. They were in exile because they had forgotten God. Mm-hmm. And he prayed toward the temple where God had caused his glory to dwell. And he said, God, you have promised to hear my prayer. I trust you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and so the the teaching of, of Scripture on a certain uh, item of, of discussion, topic, like we're talking about baptism here, has certain implications of, of how we go about doing that. And, and I think that that leads into... Talking about infant baptism, there's, yes. there's that reference here in the uh, in this article of mentioning that children, children ought to be baptized. children not to be baptized. <laughs> yeah, just uh, they come right out and say that. Um, and yeah, so let's talk about infant baptism in particular. I love I love how Luther says this. The church ought to extend it to them. I mean, it's just like, (laughs) they ought to do it, you know? It just probably seems like a reasonable thing to do. Nice thing. Now, uh, the interesting thing there is that in in all of this, Luther is very clear that the whole point of this is the forgiveness of sins, the washing away of sins, right? And and then he says, we remain, children should be baptized because they too also belong to the promised redemption that was brought about by Christ. He ties it into redemption. And that whole picture, again, I, I love the fact that he he does, he ties this in to infants because it's the, it's the next picture of, you know, we can't do anything, you know, we are helpless and he's, they're great recipients of it. And the whole idea of Christ saying, you know, little children can have faith in him, right? He talks about all of this. Well, faith is a gift. God, you know, it's, it's not about their intellectual ascent. It's not about their intellectual abilities. It's about the gift of God. Uh, I think of this, and, and these are, you, you could argue few and far between, but I've, in my ministry, I've seen tons of examples of this, where either somebody's too young to really understand what is going on, uh, or people have had, you know, disabilities mm-hmm. where their, you know, their cognitive abilities have been affected and they can't, you know, maybe reason. Or, so, so Jesus obviously didn't save them because they unfortunately can't have faith. Oh, excuse me? Wait, what? Where, where did you get that? And the whole idea is that, again, faith is something, an intellectual ascent. Well, for most people it is, but you know, God gives them an acceptance. Where, where does it say any of that? It doesn't. What it says is that faith is a gift. Children can have it, and he gives it. Why? What else are we going to argue about that? And the whole argument here, then, is it goes from the idea of if baptism is what we just declared it to be, a working of God for salvation, children need salvation and can have it, why would we deny that? There's the logic. Why would we deny them baptism? And I think that's why Luther, it's almost dismissive, you know, in his, in his statement. We maintain we should baptize children because they belong to it. The redemption that was brought about by Christ. Uh, so we should extend it to them too. Yeah. You know, very simple because so the simple. logic, he's laid, out, he's laid out the logic and thus this follows. End of discussion. Let's move on. You know, <laughs> let's talk about the sacrament of the altar, which we will in a couple of weeks. But that whole thing is almost dismissed because it's the logic is there. Once you've established and locked everything else into place, we shouldn't be concerned about it. Children need Jesus. They're born sinful. They can have faith. Jesus promised that. He gives a means by which he, you know, he he grants that. He attaches his his word of promise to the water, and there we are. Why I mean, not? It's so simple. And yet, you know, we we want to bring God's word in line with our reason 
and we don't want it to look like that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and those are, that's the problem, you know? So it's like, well, okay, do children need to be saved? You know, well, they're innocent until a certain age. Okay, based on what? Yeah, I was going to say, what's yeah. the biblical evidence of that? All, all have sinned and fall well, short Before of the they book. knew right from wrong. Yeah. You know, that's the b- biblical basis. You know, Brett, you asked. I mean, the biblical basis is that one, there was a comment before, who was it? Was it Maher Shalal Hashbaz, I think, in the beginning before of Isaiah? Before he could tell the right Before he could tell yeah. right from wrong. And just, it was kind of an offhanded comment of this child didn't know right from wrong, therefore, you know, not, you know, doesn't say anything that he was, you know, absolved before God because of his ignorance. Nothing about that. But they take that. There's the illustration of, um, you know, the dedication then of yeah. babies that come, you know, in, in a attachment uh, in attachment in, of, uh, in a connection to um like hannah and samuel, hannah and samuel. yep and, and there's those connections but it just they'll, they'll try and make these arguments because it but i think a lot of it has to do it makes sense to our minds it does uh, but you you go all you have to do you know romans is an easy passage to go to but really the the end all be all of this argument where is where you stand on ephesians 2 what does dead mean yeah you were dead in your trespasses and sins mm-hmm and, and, but God being rich in mercy saved you, mm-hmm. which means that when an infant comes to faith in baptism, it is the exact same miracle and work of God as when an adult comes to faith yep. after yep. maybe years of teaching and evidence and everything like this. And, and I finally put something together just recently um, we're, as we're recording this, it's still the season of Epiphany. And a couple weeks ago, I preached on um, Nathaniel and Philip in John chapter 1. And, and I'd never made the... Almost always when people pre- preach on that section of John chapter 1, they're, they're comparing Philip in his simple, direct obedience to Nathaniel's cynicism and skepticism. You know, and, and it, it's an easy juxtaposition. It's an easy contrast to make. But at the end... Jesus, after, after saying to Nathaniel, oh, you believe because I said I saw you under the tree, uh, I tell you greater things you will see than this. Uh, but he shifts when he says, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God descending and ascending on the Son of Man. That you is plural. It's a y'all, which means both Philip and Nathaniel are there. And the message Jesus gives to both of them is their faith as it stands is good enough. That Nathaniel doesn't get shamed for needing some evidence from Jesus. And Philip doesn't get credit Praised, yeah. for his simple yep. direct obedience and evangelism. It's the whole ice illustration of you can have weak faith in the ice or you can have strong faith in the ice, but... Really, at the end of the day, it's, is the ice is, is, thick enough? Yeah. Is the ice going to hold me? <laughs> yes. And it's the object of faith that matters. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're putting our trust in. An infant comes to faith because an infant can't believe. An infant is a sinner who has inherited the original sin of Adam. An adult comes to faith in exactly the same way. The adult can't believe. Yep. It's a miracle. 
And so, I mean, when you consider it that way, you consider that when Luther says, yeah, we should baptize babies, and you're like, oh, yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. I want to say something, and it's it's tangentially related. It's not exactly related to what we're just talking about. But one of the biggest questions I get is, what about that person, like the Nathaniel, who needed a little bit of evidence, needed some persuasion, then they believe because of you know the, the proclamation of the word, they hear the gospel, the forgiveness of sins in Christ, they believe. Um. And they do a little research. Yeah, there was a guy named Jesus. That's reasonable. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense with my reality. I need a savior. Okay, so I believe. Does that person now need to be baptized? And the answer is yes. That person does need to be baptized. Well, now it becomes, a is it a credo baptism for him? Because it's something that he does for God? Nope. The answer is no. Baptism doesn't change based on the order of when a person receives it. Whether a child who can't make the profession receives it as a gift, or whether the person has professed it and the command is still to get baptized, it is not now a work that they do for God. It is a confirmation. It's a bestowal. It's, it's the same thing as we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks with uh, the sacrament of the altar with communion. You know, it's a it's a, an assurance, a, a a giving of the you know, a, a renewal of the forgiveness of sins. It doesn't change. I think that's one of the big arguments that's made a lot of times. Well, see, it means something different. Uh, our dean of our seminary, um, Dr. James Molstry, once said, he goes, well, he goes, it's not so much that we call ourselves those who baptize infants or pedo baptism. That's the normal means, but we don't exclude anybody. And that's kind of what Luther's saying here. We, we don't exclude children because they belong to the same gift. We, we baptize adults and we baptize children. And I think that there are, are some, you know, some challenges to that. Some people will make challenges. But you know, that's one of the things I wrestle with. That's one of the questions I get a lot. What about, what about that adult who comes to know the Lord? Does baptism mean something different there? No, the gift is the gift. And it still delivers the promise. Yep. yep. Still the delivers the, the promise. Gospel. Yep. 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 Amen. All right. Well, uh, this has been great. And thanks, guys. We'll wrap it up here. And next week, we'll jump into our Old Testament Bible study. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Starting fall of 2024, Bible College graduates can earn an associate or bachelor's degree in Bible and ministry. Free Lutheran Bible College students prepare not only for a career, but for all of their God-given vocations. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.